Today's episode is brought to you by the Frankenmuth Convention and Visitors Bureau. Come plan your vacation at frankenmuth.org. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Call of Leadership podcast, where we talk to those in the Michigan community who answered the call of leadership. We'll hear the powerful stories and get their advice so we can be better leaders for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today's guest is a two-time entrepreneur in the Frankenmuth area. First, he's the owner of the Frankenmuth Funships, which does those wine and chocolate boat tours. And the second is the Frankenmuth Kayak Adventures. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Eric Philbrandt. Eric, how are you? Good. How are you, Cliff? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up? Yeah, so I'm actually a Reese Rocket. I graduated. I've, I've lived in Reese my entire life, actually. I never, even when I went away to college, I went to Northwood University, and but lived in Reese the whole time going there. So I, uh, I have never left. What did you study at Northwood? Well, my educational background was I started at Delta College, went there and got my associates in graphic design, worked for a graphics company for six years, and then decided that I wasn't necessarily happy with my possibilities for advancement. I felt like I was already plateaued out at a pretty young age. So I decided while I was working there full time to also go back to school full time. And that's when I decided to go back to Northwood. I studied small business management and ended up getting my degree from Northwood in small business management. This is something that I seem to see a lot in when it comes to entrepreneurs is they find it easier to build their own ladder versus trying to climb the corporate ladder. Yeah, I I would say that's accurate. I mean, like there's, especially I feel like in this area, you can plateau out fairly quickly because you look at the amount of big industries that there are or big corporations that are in this area. And if there's not people that are exiting that particular business, your room for advancement isn't going to be there. So I, I kind of looked at it and said, well, my whole goal of going to work is the same as as anyone else's. I'm going there to financially better myself. But if you already get to a point where you're plateaued out, especially at a younger age, it kind of you kind of almost lose a little bit of motivation to go there and grow. And and that's kind of where where I was at. You graduated from Northwood, and what happened between? when you graduated Northwood and you getting involved with Frankenmuth Funships? Yep. So basically what happened was just about eh, about six months after I graduated, the economy kind of turned for the worse and they were laying people off at the graphics place that I was at. And my boss basically came to me and said, hey, unfortunately, we're going to lay you off. And I said, well, that's fine. I can actually, at that point, I had already bought a lot of my own graphics equipment. I have a vinyl cutter that does signs and banners, stuff like that. I have a, a Xerox printer that prints brochures and business cards and all kinds of stuff. So I, I basically told them I can keep myself busy with finding work like that. So that's 
perfectly fine. I would rather have you lay me off than somebody that really needs this job. So long story short, I was still constantly looking for work to do in a in a management role, but really didn't have to actively look because I still had something that I was doing on the side regardless. Well, what ended up happening is I got on Craigslist, which was a lot better resource than it is now, but got on Craigslist, looked on there, and there was a place that was looking for a manager. I said, well, man, like I've always been on boats out on the Saginaw Bay and fishing and stuff like that. And I thought, well, here's a place in Frankfurt that has boats that is looking for a manager. That wouldn't be a bad gig at all. So I called them and sure enough, went in, they called and said, would you like to come in for an interview? Which I'm 99% positive it was on Easter Sunday because I remember catching flack about going in there on, from my wife. And so went in there and started talking to Bev and Jerry Cabot and more or less found that they weren't necessarily looking for a manager, but just looking to kind of get out of the ownership role. So talking to him more and more basically got to the point where we more or less told him, hey, we are really interested in in doing in purchasing this from you and went to the Frankmuth Credit Union and made it happen. So when you talk about purchasing a business, it's it's a whole other animal than starting a business because most people really don't need a lot to actually get a business up off the ground. But when you're talking about buying a business, it's almost like the equivalent of uh, buying a home. You've got your due diligence. You have to kind of go over the books. You have to determine uh, the value of the business and stuff. Where where did you where did you learn how to do this, or or where did you get uh, your your information from, or did you have a mentor during this time that was that was helping you walk through this process? You know, I'm I'm pretty fortunate because I have a a very good support staff around me. Obviously my wife, number one, she actually, she's more behind the scenes where people see me all the time, but she still does all of our, our book work. She does the schedule. She does payroll. She does all of these things. Obviously I have her and then my mother-in-law and father-in-law. My mother-in-law actually is an attorney in Frankmuth. So as far as, uh, Legal guidance, I have that at my fingertips, which is never a bad thing. My father-in-law, who's owned businesses, was able to provide all kinds of support as far as what to look for, as far as, hey, these these are the numbers in this book, and here's their profit and loss compared from year to year, things like that, where obviously you can look at all of these numbers and, and kind of interpret them in different ways. But when you actually have a person that has ran a business and is able to look at them with you, they can they can help you interpret them the way you should be. Sure. Having that support system around you is, is always a good thing. Those resources, those family members and those friends, definitely a good thing. When you took over uh, Frankenmuth Fundships, when, when the funding came through and, and you were now the owner of the business was everything sunshine and roses you know it there was there was way more involved than what i would have thought to be entirely honest with you our business for instance we actually worked for bev and jerry and for i think uh, for four months almost and we were actually employees of theirs 
while we were waiting for the liquor control to transfer the license from them to us. So we were able to kind of see what the everyday business operations were, things like that, which was good and and it, it was bad. Obviously, if you're going to be the person purchasing this business, you're going to want to be there all the time. But until that business gets transferred over, even though you're there and are going to be the owner, you currently aren't the owner. So there was a there was a little bit of you wanted to be really hands on and make changes that you wanted to make for the future. But at the same time, you also need to be understanding that, hey, it isn't yours yet. There, the reason why I said there was a lot more to go into it, you know, we have a liquor license actually for each one of our boats. So we hold three liquor licenses right now. We have a Department of Ag license, which because we make all of our chocolates in-house, we have to have a Department of Ag license. We have we have rentals also. So we had two aqua cycles, which you pedal like a bike. Those also needed to be inspected by the Saginaw County Dive Team every year. So there was... There was a lot more things to to it than what I would have even remotely expected. But as far as our first year, I remember we actually, they wanted, the liquor control wanted to mail us our license. They said, okay, you've been approved. You know, you can't actually operate until you have this liquor license in hand. Well, the bad part was it was going to be Friday when they were going to when they basically approved our license. So right. because it was a Friday, we were going to then miss the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we were going to miss a weekend. And we felt that it was important to have that weekend so we could start making money. So Melissa, my wife's dad, is actually a pilot and flew us down to Lansing to liquor control. And we flew back with our license. <laughs> That's great. I love that story. It, it's not a it's not a bad perk, but I've <laughs> I, I've always told him if I was meant to fly, I would have been born with wings. So I'm I'm better suited on the ground or water. Nice, absolutely love it. So you so this happened circa 2012. Correct. Yep. And so we're now in 2020, and obviously it has been eight years. So as far as being the owner of the company, I'm a big believer that the owner sets the tone. You set uh, the the vibe for the culture there. What is it about the the wine and chocolate tours that when people come in and experience it, what is your ultimate goal? Well, obviously, number one, you're, you're dealing with primarily a lot of people that are on vacation. So I always tell people or tell our employees specifically, you have to remember they're coming here because they want to get away from their normal life. They're wanting to go on vacation just like anyone else to have a good time. So to ensure that they're having a good time, obviously you give you can give them wine and chocolate, which when you're feeding people chocolates and, and wine, it's, it's not hard to make people happy. But then the, the nice part is, I don't, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when people are on a boat, they seem to be far happier than when they're driving in a car. And it seems like if you were driving down the highway, people tend to wave with one finger. It seems like when people are on a boat, 
everyone is waving to people whether they know them or not. It's like, oh, hey, you're on the boat. Hey, I'm on a boat, and and they want to wave. So for some reason, when you get people at least even close to water, it seems to put them more in a relaxing situation. I always tell my employees, I'm only as good as my employees are. And right now, I would say out of my eight employees, I have one that is 21. Everyone else is under 21. And so I I tell them, keep in mind when people walk in and they see a younger generation of millennials, whether it's right or wrong, they're automatically assuming, what can this person tell me about wine if they can't drink it? Or, hey, well, these guys are all younger. What kind of tour is this going to end up being? And I would say 10 out of 10 times they exceed expectations for the guest, which I don't have a normal crew by any means. They, they're better than I could even imagine. But we also have retained, I think four of them have been there for over two years. One of them has been for over three years. So for a retail atmosphere to retain an employee for that long, I guess must I'm I must be doing something right to keep them happy, I guess. Yeah, I definitely think so because turnover usually with a seasonal type business because wine and chocolate, your boat tours, you're basically only able to operate when you can actually move your boats in the water. I don't imagine very many people doing that in the winter. So to keep these people coming back and working at your company does really say something about the culture that you've created. Yeah, and we we actually run our boat tours. We try to try to start up as early in the spring as we can. A few years we've actually ran in the middle of April, and we try to run till the end of October every year. Obviously, every year's different. The Cass River is is good and bad. It's known for flooding potentially in the spring a lot of times, but a lot of times we'll get rainfalls in the fall, which then now you're now you're getting you're pulling boats in and out and in and dealing with flooding, which is which is never good. But we, I always tell people, there's more to there's more to, I guess, an employment than just getting paid. You know, I don't think that I've ever had an employee that has asked for a day off that I haven't granted to them. Which obviously is, you know, if you have the ability, somehow we make it work. Obviously, they pick and choose when they should take time off and stuff like that. But Every Saturday, my wife and I, we order some sort of food for our employees. And it's one of those added bonuses that just say, hey, you know what? Thank you for sacrificing your time. Obviously, you're getting paid, but it's one of those things where, number one, we know everyone had a chance to eat. Everyone is kind of a had a little extra thank you besides a, a monetary thing. So we'll order uh, pizza from Lazy Dog or nachos from Poblano's or a Subway platter or something just so that that way, number one, we get to eat and we know they have too. So, Hey everyone, when we come back, Eric is going to talk to us about why he was crazy enough to start a second business. He's also going to share how he manages his life with his two businesses and a family without losing his sanity. But first, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by the Frankenmuth Convention and Visitors Bureau. German architecture, chicken dinners, and the world's largest Christmas store are just the beginning. Frankenmuth is quickly becoming known for so much more than chicken and Christmas. From trendy dining to timeless horse-drawn carriage rides, 
kayaking to adventure parks, ballparks, water parks, regular parks, sweet Moses, there's a lot to do in one trip to Frankenmuth. Visit the must-sees of Little Bavaria, then grab your crew and find something new waiting to be discovered. Pack a picnic blanket, order takeout from your favorite place, and let your kids delight in exploring while soaking up the little moments in life. Join the generations of families in our hotels during the 175th anniversary season in 2020. The perfect road trip awaits you. Start planning your unforgettable family vacation at frankenmuth.org. Now, back That's to excellent. the show. You're running Frankenmuth Fun Ships. Everything is going along smoothly. You're, you've got the business going. You're dealing with all the liquor licenses and everything else like that. And then after a handful of years, you decided to do something which I think would be a little bit crazy. And you decided to launch a second adventure. Why don't you tell us about where Frankenmuth Kayak Adventures came from? Yeah. So basically, when we bought the Frankenmuth Fun Ships, we also bought two aqua cycles, which I guess to paint a picture of what an aqua cycle is, it's half pontoon, half paddle boat. So it sits kind of higher up in the water uh, where then you don't have to kind of crawl into it. It's basically like sitting in a chair and then you pedal it like a bike. And because of that, basically insurance wise, they look at it and they go off of the amount of rentals you have or the amount of the basically the amount of money you make off of rentals. So really, it doesn't matter to them if you have two aqua cycles and zero kayaks, or if you have two aqua cycles and 30 kayaks, your insurance uh, until you get to a certain amount is exactly the same. So we looked at it and said, you know what, we're, we're always looking for something to do when we go to a place you know, yes, it's nice to know what restaurants are there and what food you can go and eat, but you're not going to spend all of your time eating at a place. So we kind of looked at it and said, hey, we're already paying for this insurance. Why don't we just add some kayaks to the whole mix and see what it does? And we basically, when you go canoeing or kayaking, most of the time you're getting dropped off at point A, returning to point B. With the Cass River, which we've talked about before, doesn't have a normal current like a river does. So you actually have the ability to leave from point A, paddle upstream just as easy as you are downstream, turn around and then come back, which offers the ability to rent out hourly too, which most of the places that are bigger into canoeing and kayaking, they don't have that option because their river is flowing one way or the other. And unless you're paddling still for an hour, which isn't going to be very much fun, you're, you're having to go from point A to point B. So the river itself is, is very calm and very, I guess, beginner friendly, which makes it kind of attractive to, to do both an hourly rental and a trip option. But we, we basically looked at it and said, we are partly crazy to start up a second business, especially since we had just had a our second child too. So we had kind of a lot going on in, in one year. Yeah. You oh, I'm sorry. Sometimes people will go quiet. I mean, I don't know that they, that they stopped and, and answered the question. Okay, cool. I'll be the first person to admit that I am crazy. So. Excellent. Excellent. So now with the kayak adventures, and I have to say this because it's, it's, it's such a different uh, style of business that one would see inside of Frank Hemeth. When, when you initially launched it, was there anybody that said to you, you're either 
completely crazy out of your mind or you're smart like a fox? Both, actually. I I had people that told me kayaking, yeah, you see people driving down the highway with these kayaks, but what? why would they want to do it in Frankmuth? You know, they're going to want to stay on the main street and not not go on the river and stuff like that. And and then when they found out that we had purchased 26 of them already, then they thought we were even crazier to, to get that many right off of the chute, you know, and now 26 of them isn't nearly enough where this past year, especially with COVID, there's all kinds of people kayaking. At one time on the river this year, I counted over a hundred kayaks. Wow. You know, in, in, at the beginning of, of our whole business adventure in, in 2012, I would honestly say if we were running the boat tours and going up and down the river, if it was a Saturday and you seen three or four fishing boats and maybe a half a dozen canoes or kayaks, I would have considered it a busy day. Now I would say realistically, we are seeing probably six to eight boats and probably on average, probably 50 kayaks a day. So the river, the river is definitely busier than what it ever has been. Some of them are our kayaks, but a lot of them are people that are coming into town and are coming in locally and saying, okay, well, we're going to go paddle around on the Cass River. Some of them are spending the night possibly at one of the hotels or at Jellystone or something in, in coming over to the, to the river too. So the nice part is now that people kind of know that the river is there in Frankmouth, obviously it's kind of, it's pulling people away from the main street and allowing to, in my opinion, to see all of Frankmouth. Everybody thinks that Frankmouth is actually just the one mile strip in town. But when you look at when you go up towards Da Vinci's or you go down past Bronner's, there's a lot more to Frankenmuth than just the tourist area. And I think that people are, are starting to kind of see that. Now, the question that I do want to ask is, because this was something that came up when I, my fiance and I were talking about coming over and kayaking over there is, have you seen since businesses are reopening during this COVID-19 situation that we're in, have you seen an uptick in business? Has business actually slowed down? What do you, what do you see over there? You know, in all honesty, our kayak business has actually improved. We've actually have done better with the kayaking this year than we ever have. And that's already, and you aren't even all the way through the season. So Kayak wise with the kayak adventures, definitely a busier season than ever with the whole COVID-19. With our boat tours, you know, our boat tours, usually what we would do is for the wine and chocolate cruise, people would book online or call the day of and say, hey, we have two people, we'd like to do the wine and chocolate cruise. Normally, what we would do is we would put them with other people and then have up to 11 or up to 10 per boat. And you would have a mixture of different people. This year, what we're doing is without knowing people's comfort level, we're putting, if you were to book for you and your fiance, you guys would be the only person on there with the boat captain and server. So that that way, as far as comfort level goes, they're only within their group. So obviously because of having potentially two people rather than 10 people, the Funships business obviously has been a little bit slower 
I think people do like the fact that it is their group, only their group on the boat. And the nice part is our boats are all electric. So as far as efficiency goes, we still are, we still are able to make money with two people on the boat. Obviously we'd rather have 10, but right now it's kind of about making people feel safe while they're doing it too. So even if we have to go through and and run this season with a minimal capacity for the, for the boat tours, it's better than zero capacity. So with regards to running these two businesses, uh, the question that I have to ask is, because I know a lot of people just have their hands full with, <laughs> with just one business, but you're running two. How do you, how do you balance running two businesses? And as you alluded to before, you have a family. So how do you, how do you keep your sanity? Good question. You know, I, I give all the credit to my wife because in all honesty, she, she keeps me, she keeps me on, on a path that doesn't allow me to fail. And the reason why I say that is like yesterday morning, I had a meeting and I'm sitting there making breakfast and all of a sudden she says, you know, if you're going to go to your meeting, you, you better get going and, and get started. And it's like, oh shoot. Yeah, I did forget about that meeting. I better get going. So Thankfully for me, she is she is very very organized. Where I I'm the guy that has about 15 notes in his wallet or in his pocket that he's wrote like need to do this, need to need to go here. And obviously, after they go through the wash, they don't really do you much good. But thankfully for me, I'll send her a text message. Hey, remind me about this and in. She does. She does a a very good job of making sure I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be. But as far as the, the business goes, we have I give a lot of credit to our staff because even though, like I said before, they are younger, I'll tell you what they work hard and and really as far as having to manage them, I really don't have to have to do as much work as as I probably should. They, I, I rely on them to do a lot of stuff and, but I mean, it is a lot of late nights. So this morning I was up at a uh, quarter to six and I think I went to bed last night at about 1230. So that's kind of the norm for me. The bad part is the, the only time that I struggle is when I go from the transition of, Hey, winter, winter's slower for me, obviously, because I have two summer businesses, summer driven businesses. So for me to uh, all of a sudden go from this year, especially because we already had, you know, we missed basically two months because of COVID. So we didn't have kind of a build up to get ready for the season of, hey, Eric, okay, we're going to start renting kayaks. When they kind of start trickling in, you might get three on a weekday and then all of a sudden six on a weekend starting off where now we're getting... 15 on a weekday, 30 on a weekend, when all of a sudden you have to go from doing nothing to all of a sudden having the busyness of like that without having the buildup, it's really hard to to get used to that. Where normally in a normal year, you kind of have the buildup so you can kind of transition in. But with me, the store stays open year round. So obviously we still have where people can go in and do wine and chocolate tasting inside the store, even if they don't do the boat tours, they can always go in and purchase wine. They can always go in and purchase chocolate, things like that. But usually, usually with the, the fun ships, at least you kind of see a building trend as opposed to all of a sudden just 
zero to 60 like it seemed like it happened this year but yeah it's a it's it's a more of a struggle than than I would have thought but at the same time it also it also gives me the ability to if all of a sudden my daughter has something going on at school I can basically block that time off and say hey you know what we just aren't going to do this or this at this time period or have somebody else cover that uh, so really, as far as missing stuff family-wise, I, I I can always alter it so I don't miss those things. As my kids get bigger, obviously, I my kids are still pretty small right now, so I'm still a cool dad. I'm well, they're uh, three and five, so uh, they understand. They're they haven't quite figured out that there's wine at the store, but they definitely know that there's chocolate. So. But they they realize how hard both of us work and and they do spend a decent amount of time at their grandparents, which we're fortunate enough that both of them only live about a mile away from us. So, but they they also know that there's a lot of a lot of work involved. For some reason, they they must either be too young right now or or still still like us because they both have said that they want to work for for the store. So that's that's kind of a uh, kind of a, a good feeling. Another multi-generational family business in Frankenmuth. Hopefully they'll continue that when they're 15 or 16 and, and are already bailing on me. So Nice. Nice. If our audience wants to connect with you or, or follow what you're doing online, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so we do have uh, Facebook and Instagram for both businesses. We have websites for both also. The Frankenmuth Funships website is exactly that, www.frankenmuthfunships.com. If you're looking for a boat tour, there's a white button at the top. You can book right there. It shows the schedule, everything. So as far as paying goes, you do it right, right then. That way you don't even have to do it the day of. Facebook, same thing. You can type in Frankenmuth Funships, uh, see it right on there. For the Frankenmuth Kayak Adventures, uh, same thing. The website is actually kayakfrankenmuth.com. And uh, we have the Facebook page, which is Frankenmuth Kayak Adventures. And for our audience, we will have those links in the show notes down below. Eric, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. I, I've never interviewed somebody who's actually basically just running, running two businesses at the same time. Thank you so much for, for taking time out of your schedule to chat with us today. Hey, not a problem. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to do it for me. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe to our email newsletter. When you subscribe, you'll get new episode announcements. You'll get all kinds of great behind the scenes information on upcoming guests. Plus, you'll receive special offers from our guests and partners that you can only get through the email newsletter. Subscribing is quick, easy, and best of all, it is free. Just go to callofleadership.com email, type in your email address, and you're done. Once again, that's callofleadership.com email. I'll catch you in the next episode.